Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to Mind Your Popcorn. I am one of your two hosts, Ricky Uniak. And I am Chuck Clark. So today is March 9th, mm-hmm. 2023. It's been approximately zero days since somebody related to the NBA has made a dramatic headline involving a gun. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why it's cropping up right now. I don't know why these issues keep popping up. I listen, I don't know I don't know what they're doing over there, but uh if you haven't heard, there was I think it it was it over the weekend it broke or maybe Monday the the jaw stuff? I think it was Monday. They're gonna make me Monday night. This is terrible sorry. podcasting. Oh no. Um sorry. <sighs> no. Just ate dinner, so I'm full you know what I mean? I'm so, in that. So did I. Food What'd you have? What'd you tacos. Have? My God, I ate Chipotle. Oh my God. Maybe this is great podcasting. Maybe now <laughs> this has become great podcasting. Um so for those of you living under a goddamn rock, um, John Morant. No, I think it was I think the video was posted like over the weekend. It was whenever they played the Nuggets. When did they play the Nuggets? I don't have the grizzly schedule up there. You tell me you don't have it like on your wall somewhere it was last weekend it was the third it was almost a week ago a week ago from when this episode dropped or is going to drop john morant uh went out after a grizzlies loss a road loss to the nuggets in denver and proceeded to go live on instagram which just never seems like a smart idea when you're somebody as high profile as john morant uh he goes live on Instagram at a gentleman's club and proceeds to flash what I initially thought must have been some kind of toy gun because that thing was so small. <laughs> but it turns out it was some sort of compact pistol um, which really just set NBA Twitter on fire for the next three days, basically. Um which is just the latest notch in the belt of the head scratching things that have been going on with the Memphis Grizzlies this year. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy is that it happened in Colorado. So they flew to Denver to play the game and it must've been in Colorado like Saturday. Cause they play the Clippers Sunday night hmm. or they play the Clippers on Sunday. So Friday, they basically fly to denver and then i guess they're everybody's on their own for the next day before they fly to la or something and maybe because also you can't like drink in salt lake city where the nuggets play so like (laughs) there i don't know if there's a gentleman's club in the state of utah i don't know i didn't even think about that oh wait wait wait. no 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 i'm getting i'm i'm so i'm getting the nuggets confused with the jazz i'm getting oh oh Denver, which, Denver, which not I frequently do too. Like yeah, that is a problem that I also have. It also doesn't help that they were always like the four or five seed. There was like a three year, you know, yeah. before this year, where they, it was like they were always playing each other in the first round. They were interchangeable. I, I don't think anyone's going to fault you for that. Um, anyways, so yeah, yeah. Anyways, so this was in Colorado. So they, it either happened Friday night in Colorado or Saturday night. I don't know when they what their travel schedule was like, but I think it was Friday night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the night after the game. Like, this was just a few hours afterwards. It was crazy because I didn't actually, I don't think, I don't know, maybe I didn't see it till Sunday or Monday, but yeah, yeah, I, there's so much going on and the, the swirl around John Morant is just kind of crazy right now. You know, if you think, so obviously, I I didn't realize, you know, the I don't want to say severity of the situation because I don't want to be too dramatic about it. I mean, it's it's a significant situation. I don't want to I also don't want to downplay it, but I didn't realize that the fact that he went live on the road in Denver with a gun meant that that gun traveled on a team plane. And was with him at the, you know, the hotel where the team stayed, which I know is like 
a huge no-no. Like, yeah. somebody went into the depths of the NBA rulebook or the player conduct, so whatever, and apparently there's, like, written verbatims on this kind of stuff, and it's supposed to warrant, like, a 50-game suspension, supposedly. I, I don't know if they'll do that. Well, the Gilbert Abrinas, have you seen the stuff with him? And yeah. his, because he told the story on his podcast, Josiah Johnson, about how he got 50 games and why it was 50 games. Um, basically, David Stern strong armed him into it. Interesting. Well, this is Adam Silver. This is an opportunity, at least from what I can recall, of the first, is this the first gun related incident, at least with a, a high profile player at All Star? Since Adam Silver took over? I think so. I can't, I mean, I can't even remember one in, besides Gilbert Arenas in the past two decades. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who knows what Sean Kemp was doing? You know, that news broke this morning. Yeah. Sean Kemp, which, it's different. Allegedly, Sean Kemp was in self-defense is the last that I heard. So, I kid mostly when I bring up Sean Kemp. Um, but... Dude, I if you're a Grizzlies fan right now, just just think about where Grizzlies fans were a mere month and a half ago. One of the best records in the West. Teams clicking. I think they had like a 12 game win streak at one point, maybe 13 game win streak, and just like a train in Ohio, man, just went off the rails <laughs> and just caught fire Oof. in all the worst ways. Yikes, Shut, dude. Shout out, uh, hope. Get some help east of Palestine and Springfield. Yeah. yeah. Shout out East Palestine. Shout out Springfield. We're, we're all we're all thinking about you. But God damn, dude. I don't I one of my favorite things to do this. I, I frequently bring this up is anytime there's any sort of drama related with an NBA team, whether it's a, a heartbreaking loss or something like this. I just love going on their Reddit page, man. It is it is a top five favorite activity of mine and i am not exaggerating like when grant williams did what he did the other night with the celtics i was in boston subreddit for two straight hours um but i've been peeking in on the grizzly subreddit and it's just it's just people like just begging to be left alone. It's like, can we just watch basketball, man? <laughs> like, and I get it. I, I'd be feeling the same way, man. It, 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 it's, if you're a Grizzlies fan. You're, you are not, you are not happy right now. And I, I don't know, I don't know what to tell them. Draymond clapping back at Dylan Brooks too. Man. Okay, so I, I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely want to talk about it. But I also, before we get into it, I want to say that the way I determine somebody's knowledge about the game of basketball is I'll ask them the question about what they think about Draymond Green. If you don't think that Draymond Green is worthy of, he's a four-time all-star or maybe three, three-time all-star, four-time four champ. Is he four-time all-star? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Basically, if you don't think, if you think Draymond Green is overrated, you do not know ball. <laughs> Like that's just I I'm you're nodding I'm assuming you're in agreement to some extent. What Draymond Green said, and I don't have a transcript of it, and I almost even if I did, I don't know if I'd want to read it off because I'd want anyone who hasn't heard it yet to hear it for the first time in Draymond's own words. But he put Dylan Brooks in a casket, man. That was that was poetry. I saw somebody say, just like, drop a beat under this, and it's going to be as good as, uh, uh, what's the word, diss track. It's going to be a great diss track. Dude, that last line that he has when he calls him champ and says, nah, you're you not a champ, you're a clown. Oh! Not since Stay Scheming has somebody been, been dissed this hard. And... Might I remind everybody that as we are recording this right now, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors just tipped off. Oh, um, yeah, I just saw a thing. It was like, so if um, Draymond gets another technical, he's suspended a game. 
Whereas Dylan Brooks already served his suspension for his 16 technicals, so he's got one to spare. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? I think I saw that to the uh, to the Vince Carter meme. I got one more in me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, dude. Ah, Grizzlies fans, sorry, you're. It, this is a lost season. It, John might not even might not even play again. I think I, it, it's it's possible. I, I think he will. I think he will. So the NBA suspended him two games, and then I saw. I think it was Sham said he's going to be away at least four games, anyways. Yeah, and now it's coming out that he's supposedly unwell. You know, like it, it, this is all now coming out. So. We will see. We will see what happens with with, with our buddy Jaw. Um, but this has just been a comedy of fuck ups for the Memphis Grizzlies this season. Uh, they're not going to be, you know. I can't remember if we had this conversation or not, but somebody asked some somebody who I was talking to was baffled when they asked me if I thought the Memphis Grizzlies were a championship contender, and I said no. And they were like, "What?" What do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah, they are. They're, they're like forty and whatever. And I was like, okay, you, you are not up to date with what's going on, my man. So, yeah. Um, in other unfortunate news, Kevin Durant slips in pregame warmups last night, out for the rest of the regular season, maybe. I saw a tweet that said, if this was Anthony Davis, the slander on this app would be crazy. (laughs) And I'm, I, I agree. (laughs) And he might be out. He's out. He, they think he might be out the rest of the season and like the first round of the playoffs. He's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks, but it does not mean that he's coming back in two to three weeks. It means they'll have a better idea of his timetable to return in two to three weeks from right now. So this seems like, yeah, he he's not coming back this month. He, whew. I saw someone also post something that was um, like, um, should I cash out now? They had a Phoenix Suns to win the championship. We put a a one thousand down. The cash out was for two k or something, two thousand. Um, and he's like, should I cash out now? Feels weird with three. And I and I wanted to be like, yes, you should. Yes. That that is a no brainer. That is, yeah, that uh, that's a no brainer. Because worst case scenario is, I'm I guess I'm trying to figure out if this makes sense. You're you're making a thousand. Just cash out and put if you still want to have a future on them, put five hundred. That way you still profited five hundred bucks. No, he'd be profiting a thousand. Like he bet a no, thousand. But, but, but I'm saying if he takes five hundred of the thousand he made in profit and put that oh. back into another future, because I'm sure yeah. the odds have probably gone back up. Yeah, I think they were like last at like plus four fifty or something. Then you know, like that's what I would do. Like then you guarantee that you're at least positive. Well, I think he put the future on them on Phoenix before the Kevin Durant trade. Oh, okay. So it's plus like nineteen hundred or so. It's it's plus something. That's. Man, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I know what I would do. I would, if I'm still getting plus, is that plus one hundred odds? Like he's getting his money back plus a thousand still, or he's getting his money back plus two thousand? No, he's getting his money black back plus a thousand. So plus one hundred odds. Yeah, I'm yeah. cashing out. Yeah, you kidding me? Um. I can't believe that somebody's of uh, sportsbooks offering still plus one hundred. No, it's no the original number. I don't know what the number is for the Suns right now. I have to look at it, but essentially the cash out option because they were plus one thousand or something in the initial yeah. bet whenever he made this bet, and now they're offering him basically plus one ten odds to cash out. Yeah, I, what I'm saying is I can't believe somebody is offering him the cash out option of plus 100, you know, to, to profit a thousand still. That seems given the news that broke today, that's that's pretty surprising. But, yeah, my God, that's a no brainer. Well, I imagine he might have done it. Maybe he screenshots it before mm. or at some, you know what I mean? Maybe right after. Yeah. And then, like, you know what I mean? Because he was like, should I do it? Maybe by the time he gets there, it's like uh, you should have done it too late yeah yeah definitely should have done it um did you see what happened with 
Grant Williams the other night. I know I briefly brought it up. Yes, I did. I'm I'm going to make both, and then he missed both. There were there were some fellas that were uh, not very happy. Um, I guess he was a point away from his over on a lot of major sports books. And yeah, all you had to do was he was half a point from going over. Um, You make one and the game's over and the bet cashes. (sighs) Tough scene, man. Things you hate to see. Um, Any other NBA news? Um, I don't think so. Uh, Knicks are the hottest team in basketball. Yeah, man. And the Cavs are primed to play them in the first round. That's going to be tough. We got to get home court if we, if we want to do that. Julius Randle, I mean, they're winning without Brunson. Which and I crazy. know I was joking the other episode when I said Josh Hart, sleeper MVP candidate, but I am all of a sudden not joking. <laughs> <laughs> all that, of a sudden. <laughs> that got real serious real quick. I mean, you know, I, I still kid, but the Knicks are not to be messed with right now. They beat, uh, who do they, who do they just beat without Brunson? That was, was it the, the Celtics? Celtics. Yeah. They, yeah. Beat the Celtics. they got the Kings, the beam, the beam team tonight. Yeah. Is, is that a, uh, is that a 10 o'clock? That's a late game, right? They're in Sacramento. Yeah. yeah they're in Sacramento. So I think it's a 10 30 tip. And I might stay up for that game. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, we're getting down to the last month and a half now of the NBA season. We got Selection Sunday this weekend, too. So this is like the best time of year for basketball fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, NBA is just getting good. Uh, we're in the middle of the conference tourneys right now. Uh, shout out WVU going out in classic WVU fashion in the second round of the Big 12 tournament. Wouldn't have it any other way, in my opinion. When, and to Kansas, I feel like, I feel like we lose to Kansas every single Big Twelve tournament. Kansas and Iowa State are our nemesis in the Big Twelve tournament. Oh, we cannot beat them to save our lives in that tournament. I will. Will we make the? Yeah, okay. we're projected like a nine ten seed right now. <sighs> this feels. This feels like a round of 32 heartbreak. Yeah, that's where I'm, that's where my head's at right now. So, because we would then be matched with, if we're the nine seed, we're playing a seven seed? One seed. If we're a ten oh, seed, that's we're right. playing, and we win, we right. play a two seed. Ooh, oh, man, here we go. I'm, no doubt about it, ready to get hurt again. <laughs> so, we'll have a good idea um, next episode, because we should be recording... I'm assuming before the round of 64 starts, so we'll be able to discuss maybe some predictions, you know, in between Selection Sunday and the first uh, the first game of the round of 64. So, yeah, stay tuned for next episode. Um, okay, do we just want to get into the shows? Let's do it. Okay, so I think we wanted to lead off with a little bit of Mandalorian Season 3. Mm-hmm. Um, we are two episodes in, so they've been dropping on Wednesdays. So the premiere dropped the day our last episode came out. And then the second episode dropped yesterday. So we'll be covering episodes one, episodes two. Before we kind of get into any details, a lot has happened in the first episodes, but also not a lot has happened, if that makes any sense. Um, before we get into like specifics, how are you feeling now that we're two episodes in? I am feeling pretty good. I thought they were both solid episodes. Um, I heard. Um, so after the first episode, I was listening to another podcast talk about something else. And the guy brought up, he was like, man, Din Djarin is getting real, like almost like Batman, where he's like, you just can't beat this guy. And it's like. And then uh, the second episode happened, and I was yeah. like, "Yep, no, never mind. <laughs> you can beat this guy. <laughs> Getting beat up real good." Yeah, um, I am. You know, two episodes in, I still don't quite have a great feel for where this season's going to be taking us. Um, like it sort of seems that like they're. I don't know how to word this. It sort of seems like they're maybe 
like priming us up for um mando to be a little bit more vulnerable like you just said um there's certain things that i've picked up on in his relationship with grogu in the first couple episodes like he really he's really seemed to be embracing this caretaker you know as opposed to the first two seasons which seems like that might work against him at some point i mean see the second episode i guess um but i like i i mean it's it's just good to be back in the world of mando man i quickly reminded why i adore this show so much and the characters and i absolutely cannot wait to kind of get into the meat um of this season um how many episodes are there by the way um i assume it's like i think it's nine let me look I want to say it's either nine or eight. Um, it doesn't tell me the total number of eight. episodes. It is eight, eight okay. episodes. Okay, so the first episode was it was quick. It was like thirty five minutes. Episode two was you know closer to what we're used to with uh with uh, sitting at the forty five minute marker. Um. Any, I guess, because I I certainly don't want to go frame by frame, scene by scene, break down with these first two episodes, because it's, it's a lot of traffic. It's a lot of it's a lot of Jin and Grogu. Um, I do want to talk about Grogu is not this helpless little child anymore. Grogu kind of grows up a little bit, um, becoming a little bit more, not saying words, but animated and um talkative but again you know not really saying any words but also like can kind of wield the force a little bit which was Mm -hmm. cool um really kind of makes me wonder what the purpose of the book of boba fett really was You know, like what? It just kind of seemed like this. I did see a tweet the other day that was like the book of Boba Fett is about kids rejecting the roles they were quote unquote born into, like Boba is rejecting. I can't remember whatever, but Grogu not choosing not to be a Jedi but be with the Mandalorian. The kids that the weird by you know what I mean, mm-hmm. bike gang whatever choosing to be whatever i hated those people and i was like okay still not a good show but okay i guess that thematically <laughs> makes sense <laughs> oh and the um even the uh the big creature that he rides uh rancor the rancor yeah, yeah i i mean listen conversation for another day but grogu at this point you know, with what we see with him in, in, in episode two where Jin gets captured, which loved, loved the uh, suspense that they were able to build in the second episode. There was a moment there where I was like, this is kind of like, I mean, not quite horror movie, but like this is I'm, I'm creeped out. I'm, 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 I'm a little tense right now, which was cool because you don't really expect that from a Star Wars show or any anything Star Wars really. But so kudos to them. But I, listen, I've enjoyed it. Um, what what did you think of the second episode? Uh, I also enjoyed it. I liked. I also liked uh, Jinjarin sort of getting into this scrap that he couldn't quite get himself out to. I didn't realize that Baby Yoda's uh, carriage was that powerful. I. I I was like, that's news to me. I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily surprising. Like, if you're Din, you're going to get him, like, the best bit. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, that was something I wasn't expecting. But, um, yeah, definitely agree. Grogu is can is slightly more, is definitely more capable than he was in the first yeah. season. Um, just as adorable, though, still. I mean, hugging those little alien creatures, like... <laughs> <laughs> That was hilarious. What what do you make of uh, Bo-Katan so far through the first two episodes? Like I, I I'm struggling to figure out 
where she's going to fall in this season. I wonder if she now controls the dark saber and they don't realize it because like, so they throw the, the, the creature throws the dark saber off Jin, and then she uses it to kill the creature. Mm. So I wonder if like she, it like she, it's about kind of her restoring faith in some of these things that she sort of is a skeptic about, you know what I mean? Like she's, cause that's obviously where we haven't done spoilers yet, but that's a big part of how the second episode ends. Let's do spoilers. Let's do spoilers. Okay. Um, I vast Matt matey. I'm the grass pirate. We'll get to that too. Um, <laughs> I really thought, and I we are going out of order here. So, do you want to talk about episode one before we talk about episode two? Let's briefly go over episode one. Okay, um, not a whole lot to talk about there, but he goes and sees um, I, I, I don't know, Grief I Cargo. Yes, um, Carl Weathers. So Carl Weathers, who I'm after I'm after departing. From Apollo Creed's body, his spirit has been transferred to the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what planet are they on? Is he on? Navarro? It's the Navarro. same planet from the first season where, like, all the where he's first getting missions from him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so he goes back to see Carl Weathers, who I'm just going to call him Carl Weathers for now, and. We basically learn right off the bat that it's his sole mission to get to Mandalore to atone for taking his helmet off. But to do that, he really wants to get uh, the droid. Who, oh, don't tell me, is it I IT-11 or something? IG-88, I believe. IG-88, god damn it. Um, he, he really wants to get IG-88, who has his own statue, or their own statue, um, on Navarro, in the in the little village that Carl Weathers' character, uh, uh, Grief Karga, sort of is the leader of, some sort of leader. Chief magistrate, or whatever he keeps calling yeah, himself. That was interesting. Um but uh, attempts to restore power to IG-88 are unsuccessful. Actually, they do kind of bring him back a little bit, but um, he resorted back to his original programming where he was trying to kill Grogu. So that that's a big old no-go, which this was a great opportunity for them to bring back a fan-favorite character from Star Wars Episode Nine. You know who I'm talking about, right? Who? They brought back Babu Frick. Oh, is that Babu? That was Babu. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, okay. It might not be... Because when does Mando take place? Like 10 years... Like 15 years... 25 years before Force Awakens? Okay, so it could be Babu. They, he, he never said his name. Yeah. Definitely the same species as Babu Frick. Yes. Which was clearly a callback to Babu, which I I loved. I, I I thought that was awesome. But lo and behold, I I'm not gonna lie, I've almost completely erased most of Rise of Skywalker from my fair. memory. So that's fair. It's a defense mechanism. I get it. It's fine. Um, but this ultimately leads Mando to going to meet up with Bo-Katan, who um, they end up having this conversation about. Him getting to Mandalore to atone. He believes that Mandalore is cursed. Bo-Katan, as, you've have, as, you, as you have already mentioned, is a skeptic and doesn't really follow the same creed that Dinja... Uh, my God, I'm stroking out. That Din does. And he ends up going anyway. And he's, he's going to try and get back there. But this leads us into episode two. Where he does stop at, I don't remember her name, but our favorite uh, favorite mechanics um, place gets a new droid, uh, an old battle droid that fought in the fight against the Empire. And 
makes his way to Mandalore. And the reason he needs the droid is because he has to have the droid test the atmosphere on uh, on Mandalore to make sure that he can breathe. Yep. Gets there, and we this is our first time getting to see Mandalore, right? Um, in the in live action, yes. Okay, in live action, fair. Um, completely destroyed, like a ruin. Uh, we, do we know how much exactly how much time has passed from uh, the fight? So it's man. Season three takes place twelve years after. So hold on a second. I'm trying to look up this timeline because I saw this. Um, it's essentially, I think, like six or seven years after. Um, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. OK. OK. So he gets the Mandalore. With Grogu and with the droid, he sends the droid to go explore this like little cave system and to basically test the atmosphere to make sure that it's OK. The droid disappears. He has to go after the droid and he kind of gets um, like. Ambushed, essentially, by these creatures on Mandalore, these like uh, I don't even know what you call them. Um, I don't know what their names are, but yeah, Bo-Katan spoiler ends up ends up telling us the the name of them, but I I don't remember. But he ends up getting captured eventually by this like droid looking thing, which I don't know if you did. I got some General Grievous vibes from this guy. I mean, kind of, yeah. There was like some he he had a an eye of like a, like a, a eye of some creature it was not it was an actual eye it wasn't like a m- mechanical eye it was very weird and he had like these uh tubes going through him that you kind of made you think that that was like his blood or something very very weird this is where the episode kind of got a little creepy for me because din gets captured um gets completely like um immobilized I mean, he gets knocked out. He's in this cage with this giant droid, and he sends Grogu to go get Bo, which Grogu does. And this is kind of where we get to see how he's like not so helpless anymore. He can kind of navigate himself. And that is a big thing, like through the first couple episodes, is Din says on multiple occasions, like Mandalorians have to be able to navigate the galaxy. Like that's something that they're known for, which Grogu can can do now. And he has to go get Bogotan, and Bogotan ends up coming back and basically having to save the day. But I did want to talk about her wielding the dark saber, which she has to do to defeat the droid that has Din captured, because I thought that they were trying to make it apparent that she is better equipped with it than Din is. Like when he was fighting those creatures, it was really heavy for him, which is something that they've said in I think it was season. No, they said it in the book of Boba Fett during the Mando yeah. episode that like, if you're not, if you don't know how to wield it, it's very heavy and there's almost like a, 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 a method to it or, you know, uh, you almost have to, like dance with it. And she's much better. I mean, she was able to take out the droid. So I was like, okay, they're, they're definitely trying to, you know, draw that parallel here or, or, or show that contrast between the two of them. And obviously he doesn't want it. If it were up to him, she would have it. He wants nothing to do with it or the responsibility that comes with it where she does. But as we know from the end of season two, she cannot truly wield it. If she doesn't defeat the, whoever is wielding it in combat. That's because um, when we get to the Ahsoka series, Sabine Wren originally had it. But she sort of just gave it to her at the end of Rebels. So, yeah. I can't be doing that. Um, so, brings us to the point that you were trying to make was, does this now mean that she can wield it? Because the droid um, disarmed him of the Darksaber. And then she then got the Darksaber from the droid and killed the droid with the Darksaber. So something to keep an eye on over these next few episodes. But I was pretty 
the end of the second episode definitely has me wanting more. The end of the first episode was great, you know, but like now with the second episode, I'm like, okay, I'm back. I'm in looking forward to these Wednesdays now. Yeah. Well, what I was talking about earlier, you know, I think it, her theme is like basically coming like restoring faith. Like she doesn't believe in the magic of the water or anything or this, you know what I mean? She thinks it's a dumb ceremony, but then when she's has to save Jin, because apparently they don't have very good markings in the waters of Mandalore about where the deep end starts and how deep yeah. it goes. She sees a mythosaur there down in the uh, in the depths of the water. Um, That's what that was. Yes. It Is that looks, a callback to the animated series? No. You uh, remember, first off, in this season when the Forge woman is doing it and you see that creature in the background of her thing with the tusks the same oh, emblem yeah. that's on his thing okay that's what that creature is uh, and she tells the story right before you know what i mean about how yes. he tamed the first mythosaur okay now this makes sense to me yeah i mean it was it was a great first two episodes um I am kind of hoping, and I don't know if you'll. I, th- I think you'll agree with this, and I and I don't think that they're going to do this again. But I'm kind of hoping that there's no major surprise cameos. If that makes sense, you know. I don't think there will be. Like I kind of feel like these last, at least with obviously with the end of season two. I mean, like like that was great, but I don't want. I don't want the show to fall victim to, I think, what Marvel has done, these, you know, these these last few years and where it's like people are looking forward to these cameos. Like, oh, which great character are they going to bring that, you know, are they going to show in, in, in this show or whatever it is? So um, it's not going to ruin the show for me if they do. But it was a thought that I had today. I was like, I, I like living in this world. I like spending time with these characters. Um, I'd like to see a full season where it's like them, you know? Yeah. So I. I think we're getting that. I think the Mandalorian. I think you might see characters pop up that eventually get their own series later in Mandalorian, but I don't I don't necessarily think you're going to get a lot of like like you're definitely not going to get Force Awakens characters because it's set too early. You know what I mean? So no Kylo Ren, no Kylo Ren Damn. might not even be born yet. He's not. He's not. But. He's maybe the only one I would have made an exception to. Or maybe he was born 65 million years ago. <laughs> is that is that movie out? Yeah. It's uh, I think it's coming out, if not this weekend, next weekend, because there's already some reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. There were five reviews. It's got a 40 <laughs> percent. Oh, no, don't tell me that. No, I'm looking it up right now. I wanted this movie to be good so bad. It's just called 65, right? Yep. It's gotten worse. What what do you think it's rated at right now? Twenty seven percent. Yeah, you nailed it. That Are was you looking a at complete it? guess. No, a complete guess. Okay, if you get this, I'm officially freaked out. What do you think the audience score is? Forty three percent. No. Oh man, sixty four. Ooh, okay. Not great for an audience score. Like that's pretty. No. It's pretty bad for an audience score. But man, I, I'm still going to watch this movie. I'm letting you know that we 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 will not review it for obvious reasons. But I will still be watching this movie, and uh, I will still enjoy it because there's dinosaurs in it. I, dinosaurs, Adam Driver. I mean, how could this be bad? <laughs> And you and I can promise you this. I haven't even seen it yet. I promise you there will be a sequel. I promise you there won't be. <laughs> this movie's gonna bomb at the box office so hard. It's <laughs> oh no. Well, I'll get to it this week. Speaking of, I know. Oh, Juan. Before we move on, are we done with Mando? Yeah. Okay. Before we get into the Last of Us. I I meant to tell you this in the pre-show, so my bad. I actually I got around to watching Banshees of Inisherin over the weekend. Have you seen that film yet? 
I have not yet. Chuck, you got to watch it. <laughs> Chuck, it's on HBO Max. I, I know you got HBO Max. You got to watch it. You will. Were you planning on watching it? I don't know. I mean, probably, but like, I don't know. I just haven't been in a mood to watch movies recently. Just been in a TV mood. Well, it's a very short watch. Like, it's the Oscars are this weekend, right? Yep. Yeah. It I, I, doesn't I, even feel like it, does it? I know. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, I, I Somebody at work said to me uh, that the Oscars were this weekend. They were trying to complete their movie watch. And I was like, uh, pardon? <laughs> this weekend? Yep. What? I've seen nothing about it. I only noticed because there was a on ESPN app. If you like in the ad space, they have like Jimmy Kimmel from, you know, what I mean, Oscars or whatever. It's a shame because. I feel like it's a it's an above average year for movies, you know, like for the, the, the films that have been nominated. Um, I know I'll be watching them, I'm sure. Um, but I wanted to watch Banshees of Inishirin because the entire cast is nominated. I mean, there's four main characters in the in the movie. They're all nominated for either best actor, best supporting actor, best supporting actress. And let me tell you, it's all it's all well deserved. It's a fantastic watch. It's a dark comedy, Chuck. I think you'd really, really like it. So if you get around to watching it, I'd love to talk about it. I will. Okay. All right. Now let's get into I know what I can't wait to talk about. The penultimate episode of season one of The Last of Us. Oh boy, it is really becoming an a like it, it, in every Sunday night occurrence at this point that my heart rate spikes <laughs> and it's immediately followed by like tears. <laughs> so I don't know if you're on that same schedule as me. But my God, I have these Sunday nights between the hours of nine and ten been an absolute roller coaster, and I love it. The show's been fantastic. Where do you think episode eight ranks on the episode so far? I know exactly where it falls for me. I think it's number two, number two, maybe behind episode three. Except me too. Uh, episode three, in my mind, cannot be beaten. That was as close to perfect that I think as an episode of television could be. But this episode, in a way, kind of feels like its own little horror movie. Mm-hmm. I I heard somebody say that if you added like a 20 minutes in the beginning to maybe give some sort of background to David's character, that this is just an A24 horror thriller. <laughs> like it feels like that. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, you know, youth, youth, youth pastors. <sighs> Have we not learned our lesson? <laughs> um, do you want to? Give a separate spoiler alert for this because I just want to dive into it. Sure. Um, oh no! Oh no! Coco, coco, meet Cleaver. Coco, coco. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode, um, we are back with Ellie and Joel in the basement of this abandoned house. So, for those of you that are listening, remember the previous episode was the backstory. Um, with uh with Ellie and her friend whose name's already escaping me. Um Sarah? Riley. Riley <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Not the same ballpark. <laughs> that just reminded me of the clip when Paul Rudd's being interviewed and they're asking him the name of Thor's hammer and he's like, Jonathan? <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> Hey, do you know what clip I'm talking about? I don't think I've seen that one. You've never seen Oh my god, he's so serious. They're like, what's the name of the the hammer that Thor wields? And he's like, Jonathan? <laughs> and then it cuts to everyone else like correctly guessing. Anywho. Riley, goddamn. Um but we are back with Ellie and Joel. And Joel is still very much 
homie is not doing well. Homie is struggling. He's got a really nasty infection. He's, I mean, barely conscious at this point. Um, Ellie's really trying to uh, communicate with him in some way. She can't. Um, can only imagine what kind of fever that man's running, you know. But it's it's starting to get pretty scary. Like I was kind of to this point, and again, I don't know what happens to any of these characters. Like I don't know any video game material, but I was really starting to think about like, are we going to see Joel as Joel again? Like I was kind of approaching that area. But anywho, Ellie knows that they're low on food. You know, she looks like she's trying to ration off some like dried meat, some beef jerky or something. Um, and she's giving a little bit to Joel. She's taking a little bit for herself. I kind of want to highlight there's that one little scene where when she is tearing the the meat apart, you can kind of see her almost contemplate to herself if she should even share it with Joel. Like, is this is this man a lost cause? Is it smart for me to be sharing my food with him? But she ultimately decides that, yes, she's going to. Which, again, I think is a great callback to the conversation that she had with Riley at the end of the previous episode where Riley basically, like, you know, basically says, like, we are going to fight for every last minute that we have with each other. And then for us to see that immediately in this in in in, in episode seven, is this episode seven or eight? This this is episode eight. Episode eight. Just aired. So there's nine, too. So for us to yep. see that in the beginning of episode eight was great. But Ellie also realizes that she has to get out there and try and find some real food or else they're both going to die. So. She takes Tommy's gun. She goes out there and she ends up tracking down a deer. Well, not really tracking down a deer kind of walks in her path. Uh, credit to her. Um, she might be the only human that has ever killed the deer on their first ever uh, attempt at hunting. Um, but as deers almost always do, they do not go down right away. So she ends up having to track it in the snow. But lo and behold, um, we are met with two new characters, um, David and Jamie. James, close. Oh, I was so close. David and James, who we did get introduced to in the very, very beginning of the episode. They have their own little settlement going on. David is very much like this, the leader of this settlement. They are not doing well. They are starving. Um, and we then get to see them cross paths with Ellie here where this deer eventually falls. Ellie holds them both up at gunpoint. And I did end up seeing the clip from the video game of this interaction where it's almost shot for shot, line for line, like the same exact thing, which, again, I think is fantastic that they do where Ellie's basically like fuck you that's my deer just like back off and david's like hey wait a second like we have a group of people you know we can help you we have you know maybe something some things that you might need and ellie immediately says medicine because again the first thing on her mind is joel mm -hmm. so david goes ahead and sends james back to the camp or to the the village or the where, wherever the people are to the go resort get, town resort town to go get um penicillin and i thought it was great because like james is so confused he's like what like why like why are you just gonna give this girl you know what she what she wants and david has that line where he's like telling him what to do and he's like it's not code james just go james goes back it's a four mile round trip so there's some time here for david and ellie to kind of get to know each other a little bit now i want to pause when did you know, like at this point in the episode, what, what what were your feelings on David? Well, like I knew the episode was going to go downhill. So it was only a matter of time of figuring out how he was bad. I, I fell for it. man. <laughs> I don't know why I keep falling for this show every week, but I was like, maybe this guy's good. I, I did think. Yeah, they had me in the first half, is what okay. I'll have in this conversation. He had me in the first half because I was like, well, maybe the other guy, like, tries to usurp the, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. And that's she gets caught in the middle of that or something. But that's yeah, exactly what I thought was going to happen, because David's so willing to help, at least it seems. And James was not. Yeah. So I was like, OK, I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of like a mutiny or something like that. Um, but also. We're getting hella cult leader vibes from David. So, like, that's on the back of my mind. I'm like, well, what's going on with this guy? Like, like, what's his deal? But I did fall victim to the, well, certainly one of these people that they come across has to be good. But, obviously, it's not the case. <laughs> so, James comes back with the penicillin. Um, Ellie basically ends up snatching it and ditching the deer and going back to Joel. She ends up running back. Uh, David and James go back to their resort village camp settlement thing with the deer where we learn um, that things are even worse than they made them out to be in the, in, in, in the first introduction to the village. Like they are literally like down to their last bits of food. People are starving. People are dying and they come back with this deer. And then we get that scene where it's like the village cooks preparing some sort of stew and a woman is handed a big bowl of meat and she asks the question what is it and i'm ashamed to say that i still did not pick up on what was going on i didn't either okay all right i like this um i don't know why i didn't pick up on it I, because with you and i being walking dead fans like we've seen this story before in it is in an apocalyptic show. Yeah. Um, that was that I was still watching at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that was when we were in college. We were, yeah. yeah we were that was college, like yeah. that season was like first season we were in the apartment, I believe. Yeah. Like 2014, 2015 terminus. It's a great, it was, it was a great season. I'll second, give that. Uh, second year of our, of our apartment living. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Return of Morgan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but when David and James get back to the village and they drag the deer into like the eating hall that they're all sort of gathered in, um, it's very clear that James had told some people when he came back for the penicillin what was going on. They came across this girl, and you know the the vill or the the man that Joel killed in the previous episode that stabbed him mm-hmm. was from this village. So they know that Ellie and Joel were the individuals. Joel was the one who killed this man who was a father. And we see his daughter a couple times throughout this episode. And one of the times we see her is in this scene where she's basically like, so you found the man like we should kill him. And David walks up to her, takes the glove off of his hand and proceeds to backhand her with it. Yep. And that's when I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> this dude sucks. <laughs> yep. So, um, one of the things I really liked that this show did was I think it kind of, or this episode, this episode really toyed with like the morality or maybe just like the humanity of a situation like this where, you know, when we see the group of individuals that end up attacking Joel and Ellie on the horse at the end of the previous episode, we're in the moment we're like, oh, these are raiders or these are bad people. But then you get to learn a little bit more about these people. And it's like, oh, wait, they're starving. And everyone's just trying to fend for themselves. And the man that ends up dying was a father and a husband. Yeah, but think about this. What were they going to do to Joel and Ellie if they caught him? I and I, I well can can we assume that he was one of the individuals that was in on it or were they just after the horse? Um well the two hairy guys, the brothers, I assume are twins that we you know, Joel basically kills later in the episode, um were the ones who brought in the food to the woman. Right. Oh, were, okay. I think they were also in the scouting party. Okay. So that's what I assume. 
You're right. Okay. So that I think that's a completely fair argument then. Like if he was in on it and they were going to capture them to eat them, then yeah, deserve to die. Um, but I, I also think that, you know, we keep hearing raiders being mentioned, you know, as these almost like this, uh, I don't even know, like this subgenre of people in this post-apocalyptic world when I really think that raiders are just anybody that aren't a part of your immediate group. Yeah. Anybody who's foreign to you, they're a raider. And they're, you know, they're the bad guy. So it's interesting kind of seeing different perspectives from different groups. But anywho, um, while the whole thing is going on in the food hall or the, the eating hall, Ellie is back with Joel. She's trying to hit him with some penicillin. His infection is getting really nasty. Um, obviously, penicillin doesn't instantly work, um, but she's hopeful that – I mean, she really is just kind of winging it. She's just kind of putting that needle in there, and it's really hard to watch if you're queasy. Um, but it's being talked about at the resort that they're going to go after Joel and Ellie, uh, that there's going to be easy – Ellie's going to be easy to track. They're going to be able to find them. They're going to be able to um, get rid of them. So that's exactly what they set out to do. They get a group together. They go after, but it's made known that they don't want to kill Ellie. But yeah. don't know why. David's like, we don't want to kill the girl. Kill him, sure. Don't want to kill the girl. So Ellie hears him coming. She kind of is talking to Joel, this unconscious Joel still on the floor of this basement. Like, hey, I'm going to go distract him. Puts a knife on his chest. You know, for him to defend himself, and she hops on the horse, pops a couple rounds at them, and flies off, which I just think is fantastic. Like to have the balls to do that, like while they all have guns too, like that was cool. Um, but she ends up getting tracked down. They shoot the horse. She goes flying. She gets captured. And while they are transporting her back to the resort, our two brothers and one other poor son of a bitch. I think there's one other one. Yeah, the guy who originally finds him. Um, they end up getting taken down by Joel. So Joel kills the first guy who gets into the house and then takes out the brothers shortly outside, drags them back down to, I don't know if it was the same basement he was in. but No, I think it's the, upst- it's the upstairs of some house there. Okay. Whatever house he knocked the one guy out in. Takes him back into some house and is interrogating them. And you can tell he's still not 100%. Like, homie's, like, just still kind of barely, like, you know, conscious, but he's conscious enough. And this is one of the more brutal interrogating scenes I think I've seen in quite a long time. He has the one brother strapped to this chair and... His face is all busted up, so you can only imagine he's been wailing on him. And he's trying to find out where Ellie got taken to. Drives the knife into this dude's knee, into the top of his knee. And is trying to get him to talk. And in an effort to get him to talk more, he pulls back on the knife. And you hear the bones, like the the knife hit and the bone or whatever that was. And this poor dude screaming out in pain. Uh, Joel's very convincing. I would tell that man anything he needed to know. I mean, you uh, no put. I'm putting up no fight. This dude points on the map where the resort is. Joel ends up killing him anyway. While I'm assuming that's his brother, who's also on the floor, uh, is like, why'd you do that? Now I'm not telling you anything. Like he told you what you wanted to know. You killed him like, fuck you. I'm not telling you shit. And Joel, very much like Draymond Green, delivers one of the coldest lines of the week and says, it's OK. I believe him bashes this dude's head in fantastic i loved it where are you feeling at this point in the show um you know i'm just i don't i don't know i'm just like waiting for like this build up with ellie and and what's happening to her at the uh at the resort town i guess yeah yeah that's fair which we immediately go to um, and this was, this was kind of a rough last 15 minutes of the episode. There's really no way around it. Um, she's in this cage talking with David. She notices, 
that there is like just this random ear on the ground, like across the, the room. And she's like, oh, wait a second. You were eating people and becomes immediately freaked out. David lets her know that he does not want to eat her. He wants to keep her alive. Um, and essentially he wants to marry her is what we basically get down to. Big groomer. Yeah. So this dude's a certified pedo. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes it so much worse that they decided to make his backstory that he was a school teacher. Yep. So you're just like, oh, um, and he he's she's trying to groom Ellie. He's trying to court her, you know, from uh, the other side of the cell. And he's putting his hands on it. He's trying to like tell her about this future that they can build together. And she does a great job at pretending to fall for it when all she really is trying to do is break his fingers really quick and try and grab his keys. But no success there. He ends up going to get James. They come back in the room. They grab Ellie out of the cage. They get her on this table. And they're about to what we can only imagine is kill her and chop her up and eat her. And Ellie, in one last ditch to buy time, or one last ditch ever to buy time, says, I'm infected. So now they're pulling up her sleeve. They're seeing that she's infected, and she just bit David. So you're like, oh, wait a second. Now David's freaked out. And this entire time, you're waiting for Joel to come in and save the day, you know? Because you know he's on his way. Um, but it it just it, it doesn't happen. And Elias get out of this uh, get out of the situation on her own, and by saying that she's infected, it buys her enough time and enough distraction to grab the cleaver, kill James, R.I.P. James, um, and then run into the restaurant where she proceeds. Uh, I believe this is a literal mission from the video game. Where you play as Ellie and you have to sneak around the restaurant and avoid David as it's burning down. And uh, in the show, Ellie lunges at him with a knife. She gets him. David knocks her to the ground. And then just, I mean, in the creepiest way possible, starts to force himself upon her. As she is uh, trying to break free in any way that she can. Very difficult watch. Very uncomfortable at this point. Uh, I'll give credit to the actor who plays David because I am disgusted, you know, right now. I mean, they they go as far as to show him like reach for his waist, which you can only imagine is him trying to unbuckle his like or undo his pants. And then he lets out just the worst line muttered in this show and says, there is no fear in love. And then Ellie's able to get the cleaver. And then one of the most satisfying deaths, I think, in recent TV show history for me, proceeds to go full like female rage and just butcher this man. But she's clearly very shell shocked at what just happened. Um, when she's done killing him, which it's funny because I think everybody kind of has that line where it's like, you know, after her fourth or fifth swing down with the cleaver, like, okay, that's enough. But I was kind of like, as many as you need, take as many swings as you need. Um, but she eventually walks out of the burning building because this entire thing's happening. This restaurant's burning down to the ground and she walks outside and it's where Joel finds her and Joel kind of like grabs her without Ellie being able to see who's grabbing her. And you can tell she's still in like self-defense mode, totally freaked out. And then you have that great moment between the two of them where they're embracing each other and Ellie realizes it's Joel and she feels safe again. And you can tell that Joel is relieved that she's okay. I'm sure, you know, going back to the previous two episodes, he was worried you know, about not being able to keep her safe. So Lord knows what he was thinking, you know, while he was trying to get to her. But just a great moment between the two main characters that I think was a big payoff for a lot of people who maybe weren't fully invested in their relationship yet. So. Pause. Overall thoughts about the episode, Chuck. Oh, it was great. Tears rolling down the eyes at the end. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but Joel called her baby girl. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't. I mean, it it got me. Like it did get me in the moment, but then it also got me again when people were going and making TikTok videos of when he was calling Sarah baby girl, which that's where I got the name Sarah from. So, you know, I'm not a complete idiot. Um, but when he was calling Sarah baby girl in the first episode, and now he's he's embracing Ellie in the same way, which yep. was again totally got me again. I was like, oh no, here are the waterworks. Um, but yeah, fantastic episode. Yep, another great performance all around from the cast. Bella Ramsey, Ooh. give her the awards now. This is where I felt like this is where I was like, she she might, she just might take home some awards for, um, for for this portrayal as Allie. Like she's been she's been that good. Definitely. So we got the season finale this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where we leave off in the story. I think I've kind of decided that I might play through the first game after the finale and and uh, allow myself to get ahead of the story. Cause I, I, I'm assuming that the season one of the show doesn't cover all the material in the first video game. I'm just assuming. No, not 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 really. No. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, I absolutely cannot wait. I'm going to be sad when this show is over. Um, have you been watching the inside the episodes afterwards? Yes. Those are fantastic. If you're listening and you're not watching the seven minute inside the episode where they talk with some of the cast and crew and the showrunners and the writers, you are missing out. Those are incredible breakdowns of what went into some of those shots, how they filmed some of those shots and just the behind the scenes. And I thought it was really cool with this last episode. They had Troy Baker on who played James, who also voices Joel in the video game. And I thought it was really cool that he was so willing to hand over the character of Joel to Pedro because I can put myself into his shoes and I could definitely see myself being like, oh, wait, you guys don't want me to pay, like play Joel? Like, what the hell? But he was so willing to give somebody else a shot. And I think his exact words were like, I just really wanted somebody to show me something with Joel that I missed. And he said that Pedro's doing just that. I believe he said with his vulnerableness. Um, so I again, if you're not watching the inside the episodes, I really think you're missing out. <sighs> Anything else you want to talk about in terms of The Last of Us? No, I got nothing. Okay. Anything else you'd like to cover before we sign off here? No, I got nothing. Okay. Well, we will be back next week. Um, I'm assuming we will do some sort of Oscar recap. We'll talk about March Madness, which is going to be getting started. We'll talk about the finale of the episode. So there's going to be a lot to cover next week. Um, in the meantime, um, feel free to follow the podcast on Twitter. We are on Twitter at Mind Popcorn. We are also on TikTok at Mind Your Popcorn. You can follow both Chuck and myself on Twitter. You can find both of our Twitter handles um, in the bio of the Mind Your Popcorn Twitter page. And Chuck, anything you want to say before we sign off? No, I think we're good. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next time.